and welcome to Code with Kingy's first edition of In The Sheds where I'll look to be separating what I was doing with my round recaps and using In The Sheds as sort of a, a platform to interview players and sort of draw stories straight from the horse's mouth and today I'm joined by the ever punctual Celestia Ayasi and we're sort of touching on what he's been up to in isolation while also sort of going over his own rugby journey as well as what he gets up to outside of football so without further ado um I'll go straight to the man himself. Sweet man. So, how's the ISO been? Uh, ISO's been good, bro. Um, sort of just been chilling um, up in Auckland with um, my immediate family, my um, auntie and uncle, and uh, my cousin and uh, younger cousin as well. So we sort of just parked up in uh, Rothsay Bay up on the shore, which is unreal. Yeah, it's sort of it's close to everything and. Beaches just down the road as well, so um, yeah, it's, it's a, I think it's a good place to be, especially in this ISO time. Sure. So is Sean there as well? Yeah, Sean's here, and uh, he's up here as well. So I got a training partner, and it, which is, sort of fits. It's quite ideal. Yeah, man. So like, um, obviously, with you being wrapped up with the sevens at the moment, what's sort of been the comms from the HQ, like with training and whatnot? Um, so we've just been given our sort of planners and what. Um, what's been given to us by the S and T S and C team, and they just sort of um, given us some of the some stuff to go to keep, to do over the um, to do over the time, um, and it's all just like they're sort of they 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 understand that um, we might not we might not we'll be missing some equipment, so they try to make it as um, how do you say um, best suits us. And it's like you know, and also like our partners were supposed to give them okay, well, what do we have and what don't we have? Yeah. But yeah, so most of the, they've pretty much given us um, stuff to work uh, from home, like a couple of road runs, you know, sort of yeah. simple stuff like that. And then obviously, gym equipment is more more or less body weight stuff, so it's all body weight squats and press ups and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, if you've if if there is anything that um, we have. Yeah, they're quite happy for us to use as well. We just try to be creative as much as we can. And have you found it? Because obviously, obviously having Sean there is a bit of a boost because we all know how sort of difficult it is to train by yourself. But even sort of being away from the team environment, is it something you miss? Or is it yeah, sort of... yeah. Um, a couple of a couple of boys have downloaded um, House Party. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's, it's just so like you can sort of just keep in tears, and once you see each other or catch up or. What whatever it is, whether it's on the PlayStation or what, but I guess all the guys sort of miss each other, and yeah, it, you kind of do miss the whole day to day, and you kind of take it for granted. And then mm-hmm. you come to this, and you're like, wow, like you kind of wish that you wish that you were back doing what you doing what you do. But yeah, no, it's that's probably that's probably the biggest thing that I miss, and I think the guys miss it too because you know you sort of miss the day to day bands and. Mm cup of coffee or you know all that kind of stuff your your staple routine i guess you know you have a lunch and all the guys will head out for a coffee and, and a yarn but yeah that's sort of that's that's what i guess that's probably what i'm missing the most yeah i guess that's sort of like everyone now say so i've sort of been 
working from home and doing little bits and pieces and it's been yeah. sort of weird because you're sort of so used to getting up and whether you know you drive or you sort of catch yeah, public yeah, transport yeah. to work yeah, routine and, whatever it yeah, is you know it? you're there from from nine to five and now you're sort of like left to your own sort of devices and you sort of got to work in your own time and make sure you're focusing because it's so easy to get you know off track and when you've got sort of you don't have that work environment with you it's always easy to be like oh, mm. i'll do it in like an hour but but yeah but anyway we'll touch on the sevens like obviously you've gone up to the bay um which you've sort of been familiar with obviously with having been involved with the last few years but how's that gone how's your transition from super rugby back to the sevens been and are you enjoying it yeah loving it um bay's an awesome place especially around or around this time of the year and from here to christmas i was sort of moved after my 10 and i was living in the mount which was unreal and then it was just you sort of finish training and then you realize that oh it's still you know probably i don't know four o'clock and it's still maybe like 25 degrees and you could just go off and shut off and have a swim and then cut it it's kind of like a you're in a you, you do the hard work and then you're in your holiday mode kind of thing yeah which was which was quite yeah, obviously quite weird being in auckland and wellington where you know wellington was by this month yeah by this month it's you know, probably started raining yeah even though it's supposed to be still summer so like yeah all that kind of stuff i that's what i probably enjoyed um about <laughs> i definitely do uh definitely enjoy about uh, the bay and and the sevens as well obviously you know you travel um to places that you didn't think you travel places that you probably wouldn't go for a holiday but um i don't know i i, I enjoy it um at the end of the back year the back of the end of 2019 we went to was our first tournament was in dubai and it's pretty much like just a city in the on on sand and um that was unreal and the tournament the tour, those those two tournaments came down in dubai pretty they supposedly voted the best two tournaments by the players so mm-hmm. that was that was unreal um to go there but you know to ask your question transition wise from super rugby to the sevens it's it's been um it's been a good one yeah fitness especially for you i know you love your fitness yeah um, love it. So... <laughs> um, absolutely love it no nah, it's good um sort of got my first taste of uh pre-season last year with the canes and then come to sevens um that was awesome um i think it was sort of guess it was uh, i think it was good just to get a fair understanding of what preseason would look like but yeah once i got into the sevens it was yeah i was i was battling yeah bloody battling but um loved it though <laughs> yeah yeah for sure so um like um for those of you that are listening i was fortunate enough to write a story on Salisi um a few years back for that sort of transition because uh for you like if we sort of go back to your childhood like i heard you were quite a gun like sort of growing up so if you could sort of take us back to what a young Salisi was like and we'll sort of work from there oh <laughs> um no nah, it was a bit of a um i was sort of just you know, well, i don't know how to say it, but yeah i sort of just drift in and out like i could never my attention span was could never last over 20 seconds like i'd watch something and then i don't know dot off but um yeah growing up it was i used to do like athletics everything really i should try anything to get out of get out of the house um my junior club was huddle boys maris and that's where i met a lot of the guys who went to stream like chase chase tia tia they all went to 
they all huddle with Maris and they're all sort of in the same same age grade and in those days um yeah Suffolk was a second five Chase was a first five and um I played on the wing and um yeah I don't know yeah I don't know what my peers have said but yeah I'll just say that it would go along with that <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure and so then obviously you, you move on to stream um and one of the big things that I picked up in the story that I've written or that I wrote sorry was that you actually ended up sort of picking up another sport um basketball and you didn't actually play first 15 until your last year of school so sort of talk us through like going into stream and obviously you would have started with the rugby and what sort of pushed you into the basketball scene oh yeah so sort of I transitioned to I mean I was at St Bernard's and then um, my mum and my auntie um, auntie Erica who lives out she's um, sort of she's pretty much another um I guess yeah she plays a parental role in my life um she used to grow up oh she she lived just down the road um her and my uncle adam um they lived just down the road growing up as a kid um not too minute not too far actually i forgot the name of the street but um then they moved out to silver stream and then my aunt just said like you know um told my mum that you know i should go to silver stream just because it's been too much of a muppet st bernard's um <laughs> And I think my mum and dad didn't really have um, having an effect on um, having an effect on me as in terms of you know like I was just I don't know I was just rebellious um, mm-hmm. I didn't really care and I didn't really just I, I, I was just, I don't know what I was up to but um, they, they they forced me they forced me but um, they kind of told me that they're they going to send me to boarding school um, down to Silverstream and I was just like you know. I had no idea what it was, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, fine, because at San Bernard's, I wasn't really kicking on at anything, like, I wasn't, oh, I wasn't too good at sports either, and academically, I was too, like, you know, too busy fluffing around, so I was like, oh, I'll just go with the flow, and that's kind of, that was kind of been my nature as a kid growing up, was just, just whatever happens, happens, I just go with the flow, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't really care, I wasn't really too, didn't have any too, I didn't really too many like motivations or anything like that so anyway went there and um ended up at stream and then was there for rugby year nine and then year 10 um i got dropped from the i got told that i didn't make the under 15s so i was just like oh like it's like what the heck like what am i up to like the whole point that came here is to do like you know do something and yeah, um, totally yeah and so i was just sort of like real lost like you know clues to what 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 i was gonna what I was going to do and and then um I sort of just thought I think I, I think it's kind of around the same time I met you and Will and um we sort of I, I went to basketball and sort of met and that's how I kind of that's how I kind of really met um Will and yeah that's how that's why <laughs> that's why I went to basketball because I didn't make the under 15s and then <laughs> found out that I love the sport yeah um, and it was also it's quite good because like I mean we used to have heaps of time off um, heaps of time off in the boarding, ho- boarding house and um, there's basketball you just need a basketball and there was a hoop there so I just sort of spend my nights after dinner after after school just shooting hoops and it was kind of like my kind of my like as a as a young yeah, um, not knowing that not knowing that as a young um, as a young fella that was kind of like a therapy session like for me just to get away and forget about everything and you know what's happening and I just sort of get lost in shooting hoops and whatnot and playing and then you'd you know it's kind of be a great way just to de-stress and um i think it was a good mechanism just because you know obviously 
you try to you try to at that age, you know, you want to that under fifteen team meant meant you know meant that you could you know possibly go make first fifteen or second fifteen or whatever. But it was kind of just like a launching pad, um, I guess, for everything. And obviously at that time, you know, every every kid in that um, uh, that under fifteen scene is probably getting you know picked up by this or that or you know, you know sort of how the whole professional rugby thing starts. So. Yeah, that was that was the reason why I went to basketball. Yeah, so then obviously, like I picked up basketball uh, in year eleven and sort of joined the likes of you and Will and Christian, Ben Ross, all those other boys that were sort of tight with at school. Um, and you, because if I remember right, bro, you sort of dropped basketball. I mean, not basketball. You dropped rugby in year eleven and twelve, eh? You just sort yeah. of solely focused on basketball. And then yeah. What sort of pushed you to give rugby a crack in your last year at school? Oh, it was my, I don't know what was going on, but uh, my dad just said to, he just sort of suggested the idea of me playing rugby one, my last year of rugby, and I think it was um, him as well, and my uncle, who was, um, who, who was Adam, who was, um, he was also, he he also suggested the idea that I should give it a crack, and so, and so I did, and I think it started off with the sevens tournament at the start of the year, but um, That's right. I, it was just sort of like a, I don't know. Rugby was just sort of the thing that um, I enjoyed hanging out with my mates with, like um, Vern and guys like Vern and Joel. Um, mainly more the boarding house guys because most of the boarding house, a majority of them played played rugby. So I think that was just uh, a way for me to hang out with them, and then you know also find another common ground because the only common ground I had with them was when they came back, and then I, would, I don't know, I'd mock them. Or we would about a whole bunch of other stuff, but it was just to add another yeah. another layer of you know, common ground, so that you know I could just hang out with them a bit more. And um, yeah, that's probably that was probably the main reason. But then after that, you sort of like oh, me being competitive and whatnot, um, it turned out to be more than that. But yeah, that's pretty much one of the main. It was pretty much the reason why I gave rugby another crack. Obviously, like the the whole sort of first fifteen year didn't go to plan. Obviously, we uh, lost to Scots in the final, but you put together a pretty good season. And then, um, yeah, sort of tell us where'd you kick on after your school? Yeah, so um, Dad asked Dad asked me what well, he asked me what am I to and what what's my thoughts on uh, next year. And I had I was so clueless, I had no idea what I was up to next year. And uh, he just said, "Oh, do you want to go to?" Would you like to go to Christchurch? And I was just like, oh. um, yeah, I, you know, I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. Thought, you know, yeah, I'm not, yeah, not too sure. But then, um, kind of found out the hard way what Christchurch was like, um, in terms of the whole rugby scene. But um, I think it was good for me because I, I missed out a whole lot of um, learning at you know high school rugby in terms of you know um, some of the big development rocks that you know. That you know, some of these other high school kids have, you know, they they probably got to, you know, in terms of their nursery school of rugby, but um, I mm-hmm. kind of missed that. Um, I kind of missed that out. So I went to Christchurch, you know, and I was sort of learning stuff that you know guys had already learned when they were maybe year eleven or year twelve at school. So I was just like, oh, like you know, not even behind the eight ball, but you know, a bit behind the eight ball. So they kind of like put me in, um, kind of put me put some perspective on myself, like like how you know how hard this how hard this is how I thought it was going to be easier than I thought which was which it wasn't um it was totally different um sort of found out there and um 
but I enjoyed it though because uh, Christchurch was awesome, eh? Like being uh, go from Wellington to Christchurch, and I was at Lincoln, and that was like that was a whole new culture culture experience. Like you know, working with guys who were some of these guys are all from like ninety percent of the guys from they work off farms or dairy farms or mm-hmm. beef and beef and sheep or you know they run crops or something like that so you, you're kind of like in a new environment with um not only, not only the the type of guys you're with but also just you know little stuff like lingo yeah, <laughs> um, yeah which is definitely. that was that was that was definitely um that was definitely new as well so um but i love today i love the whole um lincoln experience i went there earlier this year with um, the sevens um just to go back to um sam dixon's old school st thomas's and um we ended up staying at lincoln university and i'd have been there since i left but um all the faces that were there when i was there were still there and they were all happy to see me and whatnot but um no i loved lincoln um you know reflecting on it it was awesome man there was also like there was like a bunch of good players that went there as well there was alex nankavu uh, Brett Cameron, Julie Barrett, Eddie Anari, Caleb Makine, and then a couple of guys that came after. But um, there's heaps of them went down there, Jordan Telfor. So they kind of used that um, Lincoln pathway to, um, I don't know, get players outside of the region to come there and get an education, but also play rugby. And it's good. It's pretty good. Uh, pretty good um, club to play for, and also a university. But um, they have good, good, good coaches and pretty. Um, the SNC team as well is pretty um, onto it, so like they're pretty much a professional organization that kind of runs as a amateur in disguise. But nah, like it was unreal. Obviously, like anyone who's sort of involved with rugby knows how successful the um, obviously how successful Canterbury and the Crusaders are, but even like the development pathways. Like, what would you say? Obviously, even though it might not have been the ideal situation for you, what is it about the the Lincoln or the Christchurch setup that makes them so good, like and obviously because you've been in Wellington, you've been in Auckland, um, two bigger cities. So, you know, what's in the water down in Christchurch? I think I'd say it's probably just the, the way they, are, well, I don't know what it is, but they, I think it's probably got to do with the culture. Maybe the the players that they choose as well. I find that some of the guys who go down there are kind of like on their last limbs, or guys who've gone under the radar, or you know, guys who've probably you know been you know underrated and that you know they've got a chip on their shoulder kind of thing mm-hmm. and they sort of pick on those kind of you know, that's that's well, just my perspective but they kind of pick up the pick those guys and they come down to Christchurch and obviously with the coaching and the coaching that they do have down there and um, they sort of just say like you know if you if you really want it um, you know we can make it happen for you or that that's kind of like the that's kind of like the, I guess the one punchline that they sort of sell. And I mean, some of those guys that did go down there, I think they, they didn't make schools or they probably didn't make hurricanes camp or chiefs camp or something like that. And they, they sort of go down there with a chip on the shoulder or probably weren't rated highly in the, well, I don't know, national level by school coaches in New Zealand. And then you know all of a sudden they come out their first year or second year and you like wonder where these guys have came from. But yeah, I mean that's that's probably why they're so successful as well as the fact that you know they they make sure that that whole mantra about you know, no dickheads is something it's probably the other thing as well that plays a part in why they're so successful as well for sure so obviously the whole Christchurch gig didn't go to plan and then you find yourself back in wellies um 
but you didn't even when you came back to Wellington like rugby wasn't even sort of your main focus at the time eh? yeah I think I think going from um like not training on a Tuesday but then training on a Thursday then playing on a Saturday for rugby to go to like four days a week training and then you know um in a you know kind of an academy environment I was was going from one extreme to another like you know I kind of talked to the coaches for silver stream like oh, I can't make practice Tuesday but I'll make it on Thursday just because of basketball but then to go from that to training for four to three times a week for down in Canterbury I sort of just I was just sort of shocked and it sort of just shocked the system because I just didn't know it was going to be, you know, like this. I thought it was, they thought they'd be totally different. Uh, I don't know why, but now that I reflect back, it was just like, yeah, um, that was probably that was probably the biggest learning curve. But um, I think that um, pushed me back to basketball because obviously I found basketball more comfortable because obviously I've been playing it for, what, three or four years and I sort of thought like, oh, I thought that... Um, I was probably better at basketball than I was at rugby, and then um, came back to Wellington and ended up playing, um, training with um, Dion Brewster um, pretty much most mornings, and then mum and dad sort of just said, like, like you'll get rugby one more crack, you know, um, and kind of like my dad sort of said it, like, he sort of said, had a hard word to me, he's just like, look, you're gonna, if you're gonna give up, you're gonna give up now. Or you're gonna quit, pick something up, and quit it. Then you're always gonna pick something up and quit it. You know, who knows that? Okay, let's just say that you go to America, and you know it doesn't go your way. You you're just gonna quit on that there. So I was just sort of sort of got torn between that, and um, that kind of stuck with me. And then um, yeah, I went to went to Samoa for the under twenties, and um, we ended up going to do uh, Zimbabwe out of um, more places. Went to Zimbabwe to um, play the trophy. So it's just like the second tier competition under the championship. So mm-hmm. um, we you know, went to Zimbabwe, Harare, um, and we played there. And um, that was kind of like a open, like eye-opening moment because like you know, traveling, we went to Dubai, we traveled to Dubai, be in Dubai for eight hours for transit, go to there, and then we'll go leave from Dubai to go to Zaire, and then from Zaire to Zimbabwe, which was, I was just like, holy shit, I'm in Africa. <laughs> so, <laughs> And um, I was just like looking out the window, like, wow, this is actually Africa. Like, I remember watching this as, as a kid on Lion King and then <laughs> watching it, you know, like watching it on like, you know, freaking National Geographic or something like that. And then, like, the trees that you see on National Geographic is exactly the same. You're like, wow, like, this is Africa, you know, like. And so, yeah, that was, that was probably the, that was probably like, well, like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I should just, you know, stick it out and see what happens or, you know, see what manifests. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was probably. That was probably, um, I think, maybe that kind of pushed me over the edge to, you know, um, really sink in and try and commit. Mm-hmm. Stick with code. Mm. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, I was on the, the club scene at the time when you came back and you sort of, because you were part of the, the Upper Hutt team that sort of kicked on to play Jubilee Cup, mm. which was a, a massive deal um, for your club at the time. And then, um, yeah, you scored a few tries and made a bit of a name for yourself and then went on to play for Wellington that year. Yep. Yeah. I was at that yeah. game, I was pretty sure. Yep. So you played for Wellington. But um sort of talk us through that whole scenario. So you see you, you work your way into the, the high performance setup, but then yeah, you end up taking off again. Yeah, so um sort of asked like because um, I could have I kinda asked like you know, what's what's going on next year with Wellington and whatnot and 
couple they, they had signed a couple players so I was thinking like oh like they're probably gonna pack my pack my bags and go somewhere else but um everywhere was kind of was kind of full and so I mean one instance outside back line was pretty stacked and the only reason why I got to play is because one guy got injured another guy got concussed and they kind of left they were kind of left with me <laughs> so that was a, that's how that sort of um that's how that that whole situation came so then I was just like oh, okay fine um you know after after that year and you know the conversations I had with my dad I kind of backed myself that you know I could go any can go outside of Wellington and you know and try apply my trade there so I kind of left Wellington to well I left Wellington to um Auckland and um Auckland gave me a chance to they just said look you know come up see how you go with club, the club scene and then uh you know we'll give you a shot and then that was that was the that was the plan and uh yeah went up to Auckland and didn't really play my first year because all the guys that were all the All Blacks came back from All Blacks if that makes sense mm-hmm. <laughs> and um so kind of just pushed everyone down the pecking order so I was sort of sort of holding the tackle bag tackle bags <laughs> and pads and, um, at home um oh, at home at, at training as well so but that was also a good learning curve as well because I kind of learned try to ask try to ask questions of them so like, like Malakai and all the guys like that they were sort of there George Moala they were all sort of I think they were just before they left but um to overseas but I kind of just asked them like a ton of questions and like you know listen there and stuff like that trying to pick their oh just trying to find out what you know what's how to how, you know how do you read this or how do you read that or Say if the defense is doing this, I mean, how how can you how do you combat that? So, oh yeah, it was good. It was just good to learn off sort of guys that've been there, done that, and then yeah. Okay, so you sort of get into an environment where you have all these All Blacks and experienced players, and on one hand, obviously you're trying to learn as much as you can off these guys because they've had you know they have an array of experience, but then on the other hand, you're sort of wanting to compete with them because you might be playing for the same position like how is that for like a especially like if you can sort of take us back to you as a young buck like like what do you do in that situation because like on one hand you're sort of idolizing them but on the other hand like you're competing yeah that's i think that's probably the um i'd like i'd love to know that answer at that time because i think i was probably just too too nice or too respectful if that made sense you know like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have a go on them or say that, you know, we play touch or something like that. You know, I would, you know, I'd probably have the handbrake on if that made sense, just because, you know, I don't want to be frowned upon as that guy if that makes sense. But, like, yeah, yeah. I don't look back at it. Like, you know, the if you train hard and you try to, you know, always apply yourself, well, 100%, um, I think guys respect that no matter what. And then, you know, once you, you do that there on the training field, that they know that, you know, when it comes to the game and, you know, they kind of have that. They kind of have your blessing that you you know you have their back if that makes sense, but um that's probably that's probably the answer I'd love to have. Um, or would love to know some of that knowledge during that time when you know you you kind of competing against guys who have got a track record of being a rugby player but also being an older, which was something you know it was sort of like my first crossing if that makes sense. Yeah, I kind of a tough one because you know everyone you sort of like as a young guy you always looked um you care so much about the like the 
eternal, um, you know, you kind of just, you don't want to be that guy, if that makes sense. Like, you, you're real judgmental of yourself, if anything. That's probably the word. Yeah. It. Yeah. And you're probably your biggest critic. And then you actually find out that some of the guys don't really care that you trying to play yourself 100%. You know, they probably be, yeah. they probably want that. If they, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you, like you said, you didn't get the game time that you probably would have liked um, your first year up in Auckland, and then you kick on. And then the following year, you get involved with the Sevens again. So, yeah, sort of tell us about that experience. Because yeah. you've been involved in that setup for so long. And I remember, like, especially, like, the times you'd come back to Wellington and you'd be chilling with me and Will, and you'd be like, man, you know, I'm just looking for my opportunity. And then, obviously, with it being in the Commonwealth Games, yeah, like, yeah, an opportunity popped up, bro. So sort of touch on that. Yeah, so I went to, uh, oh, because <clears throat> it was a, um, I think it was a Pinnacle Year event, so I think the Com Games was on and the, the World Cup, and I sort of, that I had a sevens tournament that was at the start of the year, the Nationals, and I didn't get picked off the back of that, so I was like, yeah, I'm pretty gutted. Uh, I came back to Auckland and did the whole sort of day-to-day stuff that you do in the academy and whatnot and high performance and um because the commonwealth games in hong kong are pretty much um three days three days away from each other separation in terms of um, the start to end that they were new zealand going to take two teams so they did take two teams and um i was fortunate enough to go on the one to hong kong and there was like a couple three three to four weeks of um um, trainings that we had together um, the development team and Dan Trivers was in there from from Wellington as well who's also in the stream and mm-hmm. um, so you know that was pretty well, it was awesome to just, you know have Dan there as well and there's a whole bunch of other guys there that went to Hong Kong and that was sort of how I got my first well, that's how I got my debut cap for um, New Zealand it was my first tournament in Hong Kong and Hong Kong is like unbelievable like it's an unreal tournament it's always packed um, I think I don't know if they still, if the British, I don't know if the British still own it, but um, I, I don't think they do. They gave it to China recently, didn't they? I'm not too sure, bro. I don't think they did. Give that question to Uncle Google. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, it's just full of expats, like heaps of like English people or people from the UK. So, like, you kind of, your classic sing alongs that you have in New Zealand is the, the same ones that they have at Hong Kong. So, you kind of get that mm-hmm. homey feel. As well as being in Hong Kong, which is like a real concrete jungle, it's like it's just like you know, yeah, everywhere's a skyline or it's just a building. But yeah, that was unreal. So that was my first debut tournament, and I was able to get my um, first de- debut there, but also um, yeah, play with some familiar faces. Yeah, and I mean, like, what's that like, man? Because it's sort of been a long time coming for you to finally get you know chuck on the strip. So I remember telling me uh, this one yarn, I remember uh, you got picked sort of as part of like a wider squad, but you got picked as like a, um, an injury cover or something like that. And I remember you telling me that uh, sort of like the stuff you see on YouTube when all the boys get kitted out. Oh, yeah. That like you were involved in the squad, <laughs> but because you were only injury cover, you didn't get the full kit. And you yeah, just like watch all the boys um, in the box. That was 20, yeah, that was 2016. And um, team going to Dubai. Yeah, the team was going to do it, and um, they all got kitted out because it's always at the end of the year going to the new season. So it's like you know, it's like the NBA one. It's like twenty twenty. So that was, was that was exactly what was happening. And um, 
everyone got their whole fitted kit, you know, shoes, boots, and mm-hmm. and the casuals and whatnot. And um, all the guys were going there grabbing their stuff, and they all got it. And then um, I sort of just sat there and watched everyone grab their stuff. And <laughs> some of the boys are asking, like, oh, do you want to come? Can you help me carry these boxes? And I was just like, but yeah. It was heartbroken, bro. That was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get back on track. So obviously, um, like you make your day, we very like. Can you sort of like, even if you can remember, bro, just sort of run us through like that. Yeah. yeah, just. I think it was my. It was at night as well, and it was against Russia, and um, and like still packed. You know, it's the first day, but you know, still people there in the crowd. Yeah, I still people in the stands, sorry, and um, yes, yeah, I could. Get the I get the uh, my manager Grant Grant Wilson who's also the manager for my club team now. He sort of just like we Grant was like ah Sash you're on like you start warming up and he just because he just gets the you know the the comms from upstairs from yeah. the coaching stuff so I end up mm-hmm. warming up taking off my bib and I don't know I don't know what for some strange reason I started doing jumping jacks <laughs> I was just like why am I why doing jumping jacks why? That's not a, that's a jump jam. Like, I was just like, what the heck? So I stopped after three because I realised that some of these kids in the stand started laughing at me. So I was just like, yeah. oh. So then I get on my knee and I start doing like, I don't know what, like, yeah, yeah. like dynamic lunges. I was just like, oh. so I, wasn't, I wasn't even thinking. I honestly wasn't even thinking. That was probably the most, like, I only remember that. And then after that, the whole game was a blur because... It was kind of faster than it was just faster than what I thought, even though we played against each other and whatnot and we scrimmaged yeah. against each other. The game is just you you're you're pretty much running on adrenaline and adrenaline, sorry. And um played maybe four oh three minutes maybe. I'm not too sure. I played about three minutes and then and I was a forward as well, I was a prop. Like so I'd do my set piece or whatever it is, like drop and like lift in the line out or I'll be elusive or tight head on the scrum, and then as soon as the ball's gone out, I reload to the wing and just be like a pretty much another winger, but we just props and scrums and lifts the lineouts. So that was that was probably the um, the a learning curve as well because I was playing as a forward, which was which was different as well. But um, yeah, it was good as well because that tournament we had um, the trainer, my trainer for our trainer for Auckland. He was also on the trip as well, which was awesome because. I kind of had like a, I guess like a sounding board if I felt, you know, maybe, oh, what is this, if I had any questions or queries or if I was worried about something I could ask him um, without, you know, without knowing or without having any ramifications because if I had to ask a coach, you know, who knows, you know, he might be, he might frown upon on you or he might, you know, look at you different or something like that. So that was, mm-hmm. probably, that was probably a good thing just to have someone there as an outlet that I could talk to. And then, because you played a few more leagues after that, eh? Yeah, so I kind of went back to Wellington. I went back to, I went back to Auckland. And then um, I think I was like a Thursday morning or something like that. I got a phone call from um, Clark Redlaw, the coach of Clarkie. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, oh, look, you know, uh, we've got a couple of injuries. It's around May as well. So the next two weeks before we go to London and Paris. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, oh, awesome. And then he's like, oh, do you want to come? Like, you know, we'll just see how you go for the next two weeks. And then, you know, you might be on board to go to London and Paris. And I was just like, oh, all right. And um, sort of didn't really like, you know, hopes, hopes up too much. I sort of just took it day by day. And then I went there for the first week. And then I think 
Oh, before I left to go there, I think I came and watched you for you play Huddle with Marist. And then um then flew up to Auckland or flew up to Auckland that Sunday morning and that Sunday I drove the, drove down to the mount. And then I was pretty much pretty much had the week there. And I think the weekend I flew back to Wellington as well, caught up with you guys and then flew back to the mount. And then I got told that on Monday that I had that I was going to London and Paris for the last two weeks of 2018, I think. And then um, I was just like, oh, what the heck? So I got all this, all that, some of the issue that I was talking about in 2016, I got, I got a little bit of it. And then before I went to London and Paris, and I guess when I was, when I got selected, I was just like, oh, me, like, you know, get the trip in London and Paris and be my first time in Europe as well. So it'd be like, you know, kind of hitting, you know, sort of covering some of my bucket list things that, you know, I probably had to, I was thinking of when I was a bit older, but you know, I get to do that now. But I um, went there, and I think my mum and my well, my brother, oh my brother, my younger sister, and um, my dad came up to Auckland just to see me off and hang out with me for, for the day. And um, that's I didn't realise that <laughs> when we were going on because I, I travelled on Emirates before to Dubai with the Samoa with the under twenties, but um. I didn't realise with the um, the sevens, you, they all travel business class. So I yeah. was sort of like, I didn't click until my sister was like, oh, why are they lining up over there? And I was just like, oh, I'm not oblivious. I was just like, you know, I didn't really care because I was like, oh, that's going to be mean. I should like, you know, watch heaps of movies. And then I sort of yeah. realised what, where, where they were lining up. I mean, yeah, it's sort of, that was almost like a kid in the candy shop because I was just like, oh, like, you know, laughing in a row. But my sister, yeah, I also not in that. I was, um, Kind of pissing her off by um, teasing her and stuff like that, saying that oh yeah, yeah. no, this, yeah, I had no clue, but yeah, kind of like the, that was kind of like when I kind of clicked that oh yeah, we'll go there. And when we went to London, uh, yeah, me being a bit of a FIFA fan, uh, <laughs> we were staying at Chelsea Chelsea Stamford Bridge, where pretty much literally like through to a hundred meter walk across the road from oh that's where we'd have breakfast and stuff like that. So yeah, it was also it was all it was unreal the been place like that um yeah so yeah that was pretty much what happened and then after that um the world cup was in san francisco and um i was lucky enough to make that and then yeah it was pretty much the whole kind of 2018 sevens as well and because you guys won that world cup eh? yeah we won that it was unreal as well um the whole that whole tournament just to be a part of it that was yeah it was unreal I mean, like we got a few stats to like you guys got to park up in the in the Giants clubhouse, eh? Yeah, we got to go to the Giants game. Um, we did a whole bunch of the whole tourist thing, the Golden Gate, um, Alcatraz. Went to took a tugboat around Alcatraz, and that was sort of like it was just going on about how many people have tried to escape and how many have or haven't, or you know the people that they have. I think there's only three that have, but they've mm-hmm. never been, I guess, identified or found or. They don't know if they died on the either either getting getting away from the island or something else. But yeah, that was that was the whole pretty much trip as well. And yeah, no, nah, yeah, San Francisco is unreal. I always compare it to Wellington, but on steroids. Like, yeah, the whole harbor thing, and mm-hmm. and it has its own like you know one day it's sunny or one day I mean during the day it's sunny, then all of a sudden it can start raining just like that. So thinking yeah I always try to describe it to people that ask uh, that it's just Wellington on steroids so obviously you win the World Cup 
you play in Hong Kong, so it's like, man, like, how can this year get any better? And then you get back into the Auckland setup and, yeah, talk us through that campaign, bro, because that was another, yeah, big thing for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was all good, eh? Um, we sort of, what do you call it, um, I came back and did a, I think I came back, maybe, I had a week off and then I came, came back to Auckland and started my pre-season, um, because I think after that, I think they're entitled for two weeks, so, but my trainer, the down to you was saying, like, oh, you come and come straight away, and so I was like, oh, okay. And then got told against, I was told on Tuesday, what, Tuesday, I think, that I was starting against County's Monaco. And then I was just like, oh, shoot, like, oh, this is for real? Like, and Hoskins was on the bench as well, so I was kind of like, oh, man, this is pretty, yeah, this is pretty, yeah, this is pretty good. And um, mm-hmm. last year, we, we nearly got relegated, as in we nearly got, we, we nearly got kicked out of the championship or premiership. And so um, there was obviously like a huge cloud on us that, you know, they're probably going to get, kicked out of the whole comp and probably go down a, down a competition so um, yeah I got told that I'll start against the counties and that was my first that was my debut match you got to dot that game as well eh? yeah you got to dot yeah got to make pie yeah. I, I, I only remember that because that was sort of like when I published that story that was sort of like the lead in because I remember like when I went to go get it written because I remember I read it earlier yeah, in the year yeah, yeah, sort of had it on the back burner and then like the guy was like, oh, you know, how can we sort of freshen this up? And then it just so happened, bro, that you scored a try and then sort of we were at the intro. But yeah, so Auckland ended up kicking on and, and winning that comp for the first time in ages, eh? Yeah, 90, 2007. So, yeah. And I mean, yeah, so what was, because Auckland sort of sort of had that reputation of obviously, yeah, like, you know, yeah. not being able to like hold on to their own talent and you know, they're oh. wicked at schoolboy level, but can't kick on. So what was sort of different for you guys that year and what was sort of you know the secret sauce I think um, it's kind of like a come, I think it was more it was a coming a lot of there's a lot of things that were sort of played its part we had a new because there was a new coaching staff as well we had um, uh, Alama Ramir Fiddle Tietia Graham Henry he joined the coaching staff as well and that was pretty much that was that was pretty much it. I think the whole new coaching staff, coaching staff from Wellington, T- uh, Ty, who's Ty was just finished at St Kent's, and obviously like everyone, if you know rugby, you sort of know what St Kent's up to. Like they always be the in the top four, they win it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Ted was the last guy here. That's I don't know how the that's pretty much self-explanatory. What's he like, bro? Like what is what's Graham Henry like? Nah, he's a man, eh? Honestly, like. Uh, duh. I don't know. It's quite weird because, like, obviously, you walk, as a kid, like, you kind of watched him on the telly when he was like coaching the ABs in two thousand seven, and then he won yeah. the cup in twenty eleven. So I was just like, you know, like far out, like, wow, this guy's like, you know, he gets almost says like the Phil Jackson of rugby, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. The Zen master, whatever you want to call it, but yeah. So I was just shook his hand like the first preseason training we had and I was just like oh well hey <laughs> hey dude how are you <laughs> now, I don't know maybe I was trying too hard to make small chat with him just so that you know I could you know yeah. oh, you want to catch up for a coffee young fella yeah. or like that. I, was, I don't know what I was doing but trying to play too many scenarios in my head but um yeah no he was unreal and like later on the season it sort of just became like you know 
you just get to know him as Ted, not the mm -hmm. coach, not Ted, the guy used to coach the ABs. And I think about every player of the team had a relationship with Ted in terms of, you know, like they could go up to him, you know, ask how his day or you know, what he's up to, and, you know, just as genuine as possible. Yeah, but he's an awesome person, and yeah. Getting back to the whole Auckland thing, so obviously you have the new coaching set up, and you probably have, you know, a few guys wanting to, with a bit of a chip on their shoulder, and yeah, like I mean, like I mean, even for yourself, like you ended up, you know, scoring quite a few tries a year. Like, what, what sort of, you know, what was it with you? Oh, <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like some of those trials I did for us was sort of, um, was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. But I think the whole team was just, whole, I think it was just like the team needed a new, like, I don't know, a rejuvenation. And I think the coaching staff bought that in terms of our style of play and. The other, other thing that, that probably um, stuck out was every team was trying to play like the best team in the comp, if that made sense. And mm -hmm. it was so I guess everyone's trying to you know play how they play, if that made sense. Whereas our style of play, you know, suited us as in mm -hmm. terms of like, you know, it suited our personnel, the guys that we have in position. And that's probably why it sort of just, you know, just stuck out instead of being something that was and pasted if that made sense and that's probably why it's that's probably why we had the season that we had because you know, we had guys that were skill wise and you know physique wise so that's probably why our, our, we sort of played, played the season that we had and yeah because you guys went on to meet Canterbury in the final yeah and the final ended up going to overtime bro like what was that like, like yeah just unreal like oh because Stands was full as well because um, it was free entry, so you didn't have mm -hmm. to pay any, didn't have to pay any fee to come in. Yeah, that was yeah. Honestly, I forgot. Felt like it was like sixty thousand people there, and um, that was yeah. It started raining and people just moved to the stands where they had cover and they could, you could still hear them. And it was yeah. It was honestly like one of those like Cinderella stories that you see on ESPN or something like that. But but yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Enjoyed it. What was the what was the aftermatch like that night? Was it pretty oh, wicked? Oh, yeah, it was hectic. Cause a lot of the old boys and a lot of people that you know sort of played for Auckland or like you know, um, like kind of like you know, like Auckland supporters sort of just came out. Pretty much everyone just came out the woodworks. <laughs> but you know, like heaps of people were proud to be like proud to say they're actually from Auckland. Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff so which is awesome because you know that's what we, that's what we wanted to do that's sort of our accomplishment our, one of our goals that we wanted to accomplish and was one of our visions is that you know we want to make Auckland great again like it used to be in the days and so obviously you had the real successful season with Auckland and then you get picked up by the Canes at the yeah. tail ends um, of that of that mitre season and then yeah like if we sort of just have a quick recap about all that you know obviously you obviously you kick on down to Christchurch and then things don't really go to plan there and then you know you're looking to play basketball and then you know then you end up getting back into rugby you know through the, um through your parents with the Psalm 1 and the 20s like what was that like like when you found out that you know you'd been signed with the Hurricanes when you know like less than sort of two years ago like you didn't even want to be playing the game bro so it was, yeah, it was a weird experience, honestly, because, like, <laughs> it, had, it took for me to go to Adelaide to 
to get come back to my to the fair make sense. Like because kinda of like my as my mum's dad's favourite team, my grandfather's favourite team, the Canes. But he obviously passed away when I could oh, I don't know, well, probably like eight or something like that. But for my mum and dad, oh, my mum especially, she was pretty she was uh, she was ecstatic that I was coming back home and playing for the Canes. And also, yeah, like my outside family, my aunties and uncles and you know. So yeah, I don't know, it was I didn't really have kinda of, I don't really dwell on that kind of stuff. I just sort of just move on to the next task or get time to kind of smell the roses or whatever the phrase is but yeah. I mean and you touch on like um the fact that you had to leave Wellington to come back to Wellington and I know that obviously with some of the, the candid conversations that you know we've had as a friend group that you talk about the, the Satutu family who yeah, took you yeah. in Auckland and um maybe touch on them bro and what they've done for you and how yeah, they've propelled um, you to where you are. When I went, first went up to have my meeting with um, Auckland, that's the first guy there that kind of sort of asked, like, well, you know, what are you up to? It was um, Waisake. And um, my first immediate, my immediate impression was like, oh, like, oh, crap, like, I'm going to have to learn Fijian, like, because, like, oh, you know, my dad's pretty black, but, like, yeah. <laughs> he is, like, original, like, black, and he's got dreadlocks, and he looks like Coolio kind of thing, um, like, <laughs> so I was just like, oh, like, you know, like, like I'm gonna feel like you know so uncultured like so plastic and I was like this is gonna be ugly and then um go to shake his hand on me and he's like hey hey sake my name's sake and I was like oh I'm like okay like I, I know some guys that you know speak really good English that you know actually you can speak the native tongue and so I don't I just shrug it off and I just like I move on and then um I think by maybe like the second month or third month I'm like living there I like slowly realise that he can't speak Fijian. <laughs> I, I don't feel so bad about myself. I'm like, oh, hey, you know. And then I asked my dad, and like, I was like, oh, dad, like, talking to him on the phone. I was like, oh, Saki, can Saki speak Fijian? He's like, nah, nah, he can't. But that was that was kind of like my first impression. But the more I hung out with him and the more I got to know Saki at the time, I realised how much of an awesome coach he is and more of like a, another mentor because I think at the time I kind of got sick of my dad. <laughs> and, um, sort of just like some of the messages or advice that he'll give and would come in one day and go out but then once it was I think once the sucker started saying uh, once he started saying you know stuff that you know, maybe my dad said the same thing probably stuck around and then that's when I kind of just I don't know develop the game and whatnot and and then from there I mean obviously they they are they're, they're a lovely family it's like uh Adelita as well, the mum, Hoskins' mum as well, and Kobe, um, and the two sisters there as well. So that that household was almost similar to mine as well. Two boys, two girls kind of thing. So kind of had a real familiar in a funny way, but yeah. And then obviously meeting Hoskins as well, I was just like, he didn't realise he was quite a huge, definitely an awesome athlete. Um, played like baseball. <laughs> yeah, played baseball. I mean, um, <laughs> He was under a baseball player, like New Zealand baseball and stuff like that. He was a pitcher, and I was just like, like when you meet him, you first like, yeah, like you just think like, oh, this guy's just a dope. He like doesn't really talk, but <laughs> to know him, like he he, he talks, and um, yeah. And I was just like, yeah. after that, I was just like, career, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, just good at everything, kind of thing. But I don't tell him that because then he'd be a big kid. But yeah, <laughs> if he gives us a listen, he might he give him a little bit of credit. But um, 
Yeah, so for those of you who sort of didn't really pick up on that, uh, yeah, so he's referring to Hoskins the Tutu, the, the Blues number eight, and he's having a pretty hissing season this year, eh? Yeah, pretty hissing season, but yeah. I'll give him his credit, but uh, I won't give him too much, otherwise. Yeah, 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 for sure. you have some leverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we'll, we'll get back to the Canes, and so you end up back in Wellies, like you said, um, and you do pre-season down here, and... Yeah, so what was like, what was sort of the the transition from, obviously playing Mitre Team Cup and then also being involved in the the seven setup to then being you know sort of thrust into Super Rugby? What was that sort of jump like? Uh, like honestly, I maybe like the kind of realised like later on like I was there when you like the third week of pre or second first week of second third week of preseason after Christmas. That's that's when I kind of the second maybe the second week I sort of realised um, like oh this is this is a huge jump I kind of kind of like my first moment like my first welcome to the league kind of thing was um we had like a wrestling session on the set there and um all the backs go with the backs and obviously the forwards go with the forwards and you wrestle you then you stop and you go out to run and then you come back to wrestle so um, that was kind of the working blocks on a the set there and um. I think that oh, that one session, um, Nani, Nani Lamape came back. Yeah. I think like some of the All Blacks who were on their uh, Christmas break after the tour and stuff like that, they were all coming back. And there was a World Cup here as well, so they were all coming in. You know, they're all pretty, they're all pretty hussy, you know. And they all got like you know the purpose and there's a purpose to their training and whatnot. So you can see there's a bit of a bit of sting in the eye. And um, <laughs> I come in and um, anyway, three back, three, three, you get dragged off. And you get dragged off the wrestling mat, and you get dragged off to this like um, I guess this work workstation. And one of the working stations, like you clean out a pad, you get up, you, you take another pad out, and then um, there's two guys who'll be on each side. You've got you've there. You just gotta run into them, and they're gonna try and um, hold you up. You gotta fight your way to get down to the ground. Like you know, you don't want to get held up. Some of that's kind of the whole situation, and also. You're, you're kind of like, you're pretty much stuffed, like, you're, you're under fatigue, you don't even care, you're just trying to get to the ground, <laughs> you might throw a couple of elbows or whatever just to get down, but you know, you, and, and head coach is there as well, so he's sort of there watching with his whistle, and it's just like, all these forwards coaches there running the whole block, and I'm thinking like, oh no, like, you know, they're gonna, you know, they're all just sitting there watching, and they're all like, yeah, get to the ground, get to the ground, stuff like that, you know? <laughs> It's, um, I'm on one end and Vince is on the other end and Nani comes in and um, I don't know what he does on Vince because I'm still stuffed and uh, gets to Vince, goes down to the ground, comes to me and uh, me not being like clicking that like, oh, you know, like even though it's like kind of five metres of space, I don't, I, I didn't, I just didn't anticipate that, you know, I might get random, like get done here. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I go in and um, I just see the ball switch hands and I'm like, what the hell? And all of a sudden I see like a forearm with the ball like come to my face or between the, between my chest and chin and I'm like, realise like, holy heck, I'm going to get done here. And then <laughs> I, I just get popped like a freaking twist, twist off and I just like, I could have just like stumbled back and I just realised like, oh my gosh, I just got bunted in front of the coaches and I was just like, oh no. Nah. And uh, that was kind of like my first like, welcome to the league moment kind of thing and uh, it was 90 my month and I was just like, oh like, this is for real, like, you know, these, you know, these, these guys don't, these cats don't muck around, like, this Jake yeah. is, you know, there's no, like, I don't know, rookie, 
rookie blessing or anything like that. It's just like you mm-hmm. know, once you're in the shuck, once you're in the shuck, then you're in the, you know, you're there to you're there to compete. And yeah. So I was just like, oh, that was kind of like my first moment. I kind of realized mm-hmm. that you know this is the jump. And then yeah. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, you learned the hard way in um, some of the training sessions, and it sort of took you a while to get your debut because they're again sort of similar to the Wellington thing. Like when you left, there was a bit of a log jam with the outside backs. But then um, I remember it was the. Did you, who was your debut against, bro? And sort of run us through that because I was at that game. I think my no, my debut was against um, the Chiefs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs, and because um, I was one, my whole family kind of, my whole pretty much all my mum's sisters, um, they're all kind of like. They were all going to come to the girl. They all came to the game um, because obviously my cousin plays for the um, for the Chiefs, and I, I was thinking that I was probably going to play against him. And um, it would have been an awesome moment for like my mum, my mum's sister, Aunt Isabel, and uh, Aunt Erica, who also lives in Wellington as well, Aunt Silverstrom. Obviously, for me, I was thinking that you know that was that was probably what's going to happen. That you know they all going to they all going to be there to watch him. But um, I think he was the I think he, he just came as the travel reserve, but mm-hmm. I caught, so I kind of caught him at dinner <clears throat> the night before and whatnot. Kind of, oh, I think my, I think I had, I always try to have like pasta or something real high in carbs for a yeah. pre-match meal or pre-dinner, sorry. Yeah. And then, yeah, sort of made my debut and yeah, it was like, yeah, I think we beat the cheese as well, maybe by, I don't know what the score was, but yeah. That was, yeah, that was my debut match against the Chiefs. Was it against? Was it was against the Chiefs though? Like when you made your debut, I just remember like me and we were in the stands, and how we just remember you doing like your big like circle loop thing, like when you oh, ran yeah. to the field. And, you know, I'm pretty sure you even did your point at the sky, eh? One of those humble ones, and yeah, I remember you getting the dot. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, like, because you, you quite like your try celebrations, though. Eh? No, nah, I don't like my try celebrations. I just, I just get lost in the moment, kind of thing. Like it's just one of those things that just happen. Because obviously, you know what I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, you know, obviously celebrate the little win and then just leave it there, not mm-hmm. try and let it dwell on the end of the game or whatever. Because you know, but yeah, I don't. When people ask about stuff like that, I do get a fair bit of stick from you know everyone. But uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's a funny thing, though, because um, I remember sort of, I sort of listened to different podcasts where sort of different players have talked about it. And it's sort of one of those things where it's part of the Kiwi culture to sort of be like that humble guy. And so yeah, you, know, yeah, you, yeah. you put the ball down and you run back to halfway. But then at the same time, like, like I think uh, it was Dupusi Karifi and, and, and Adi Sevilla who were touching on it and how, like, you know, we as players, or we, you know, players who who are playing on the professional level who, you know, they're so hard on themselves when they make a mistake that they don't actually enjoy the good moments, yeah. especially like when you score tries. So it's almost like, well, you know, if you do all that hard work to score, you know, a wicked try, you know, like why not celebrate? Because, you know, like if you make a mistake, you're going to be just as hard on yourself. You yeah, know, yeah. Celebration. So, yeah, yeah it, it is a funny one, bro. And like, I, I do always enjoy... Um, sort of looking for you because I know you know where all the cameras are after you put the ball down. No, I don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we'll sort of, I, I guess that's sort of been your rugby path, bro. So we'll sort of um, uh, get into some things that maybe uh, people are interested in. So what's sort of like your game day routine, bro? Game day routine. Um, if you have one, like you don't have to have one, but just nah, you do. I think uh, I always have, like, try to have porridge for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, superstitious much, but um, yeah, um, I always try to have like porridge. And then, um, if it's if there isn't any porridge, I understand that, like, because I'd probably be away or something like that, then it's probably eggs on toast or whatever. Um, that's probably like my routine, but I always try to make sure I have like a cold shell just before I either get in the car to go to the game or whatever, like, maybe maybe in the morning or something like that. If it's like an earlier game, because it might attend, it's like, yeah, some, some of the times games they vary yeah. so yeah I always try to do that um, kind of a that's kind of my routine and then um, I guess when I get there at the game get there to the stadium um, it's like a I always get my like both ankles strapped then I what what is it I sort of just sit down and relax and then I'm kind of like roll for 30 to 30 to yeah 30 to 40 minutes and just try to get mm-hmm. loose and then I guess when the first time when the first lot go out to warm up, I try to get out as early as I can, and then uh, yeah, and that's like, that's pretty much my that's pretty much my vibe. True. Like, do you like do you chuck any music in like on the way to the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I, I listen to like probably jump like you know, drum and bass or um anything that's just sort of just upbeat on on yeah. on on the way to the game. But once I get to the game and I'm at the stadium, I I can't listen to anything that's too too rowdy or whatever. You know, just because I don't, I get too like too overhyped. If that makes yeah. sense. So I, I listen to like music. Like, I just listen to R&B, like yeah. something slow, or maybe I don't know, sort of jazz and blues. And that's that's like that's just, that's just sort of my vibe. I can't get I can't listen to anything else. Otherwise, I just I don't know for some strange reason I just get too sort of play the game too early, too early in my head. If that yeah. Do you do anything like um you know when you get like your do you get like your wrist taping? Do you write anything on your wrist or anything like that? Nah, I don't write anything. Eh? I just sort of just leave it a just. I get my right wrist strapped just because it's kind of the hand that I leave loose because I always tuck the ball left hand. I always find that I even when I first like grab a ball, first get a touch on the ball, I don't, I never. It's kind of a bad habit trying to get out of it, but. I always sort of just tuck the ball into my left hand and then my right hand sort of just to use to fend or whatever. That's kind of like the... That's kind of the only thing I strap on my... Just like wrist and I don't really write anything. No, you got a pretty good fend, eh? Not sure about the sidestep or the goosey, but... Nah, the goosey's yeah. unreal. <laughs> Sidestep's unreal. Nah, nah, they all work in progress. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, so that so that's sort of your game, your game day thing, and then obviously like with the with the time that you do get off, what do you get up to in then? Um, sort of just works around like recovery. If I can, we always normally we get like a massage on a day off, so I try to get a massage in, and then I try to go to like maybe some of the boys might go to the go to the pool or something like that, and I just try to link up with them, and then I think if I do have some time, I might just have a cup of coffee. And then probably like talk to mum and dad on the phone or something like that, or any other admin or PD stuff that I need to do, I'll probably handle that as well in that kind of time frame. 
and it's kind of it's good though because you sort of get time to yourself just to relax and um, plan ahead or you know anything that you might have missed during the week that you probably didn't touch on then you, that day off kind of thing it's like a day that you get to sort of patch it up yeah but because and you're, you're also quite a keen golfer right <laughs> keen golfer nah yeah I'm a bit of a hacker but um, nah I do do get out for um, when I can <laughs> Yeah, man, because yeah, cause you don't really love to play it. And I see you, you get on the course with a few of the different rugby boys you got sort of around the country, and I know your old, your old man's a bit of a gun at it, so yeah, no. to chase. Yeah, I think, well, actually when I was growing up, that's probably, he reckons that was my first sport, was golf, so. Oh, um, uh, you reckon? Yeah, that's what he reckons. I don't know, I can't I can't remember True. that, but um, he played, um, played a lot of golf, especially in Japan, just because he was there by himself, and I guess he had a lot of spare time. And um, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like the hobby that he picked up. I think he picked it up in New Zealand before he went over. But um, I do remember that because um, it's 24 hours driving range over there. And obviously, like coming from New Zealand, then probably be like the second day, and I'd be still wide awake. Yeah, um, I don't know how old I am, but we were sort of me and him would go out and um, hit a couple of balls. And mm-hmm. I think I, I do remember getting my first pair of clubs when I was seven years old. And um, I used to always lose the good gloves. Like that was one. That was one of the things that used to piss him off. Was that he used to, I used to always lose gloves, like just leave them on the ground at the course. Or, and so he was always buying gloves for me. And um, I used to always get blisters just because I used to hit the ground before I actually hit the ball. And so I used to always get blisters. I used to always complain to him about, you know, you need to give me a glove, and I won't lose it this time. And he'd always like pull his hair, and he'd be like, oh, you know, like wasting my money and all this kind of stuff. But. <laughs> He used to love it when we used to go out together just because it'd get him out the house. And I think mum used to get quite, um, she used to get FOMO just because, you know, sort of just us two going out. And, yeah. But um, yeah, no, those, those, those are sort of just good memories as a kid growing up and sort of like the early childhood memory in Japan as well. Um, and I mean, like, I know it's sort of a weird question because you're sort of just starting your rugby career, bro. But like, um, obviously having spent a bit of time at uni and um, I guess you guys have your own sort of, like development officers, I think. From yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the conversations that I've had. Um, like, do you have you ever thought about like what you look to do outside of rugby, or do you have any nah, interest I, outside of rugby? I've, I've always the, the, some of the PD managers have always asked me, and um, I've always just been like oblivious. Like, I honestly don't know what to do. Like, I did work as a tradie for like maybe one or two years with Hoskins. I think Hoskins is he's not too far off becoming a contracted chippy. Yeah, but oh, I always give him shit because um. I always say that he, did, he does nothing really. He just sort of just sits there. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, maybe because I'm sort of just like go with the flu kind of thing. Whatever you know, what, what will be will be. But um, I have no idea what I you know what I'd like to do holistically. <laughs> still, still lost. Because yeah. I mean, you're on TikTok, eh? so you could always. Sort of... <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> I don't have an account. <laughs> No, but you, you're quite sick with the dance moves, eh? I mean, you, you talked about your goosey and all that, so, you know, just sort of, just sort of something there, you know, just, you know, just put that on the back burner, bro. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> Alright, anyway, bro, I've, I've taken up quite a bit of your time, bro, so, um, I've, I've got sort of 10 questions, I've, I've, I've named it 10 from the bin. Oh, yeah. something to, to, to finish up with so oh, yeah, should be you, good. Just, you, you do the best you can to, to answer these so too easy sweet all right number one what's your go-to vessel on a night out oh um the pals you heard of that pals oh, what's that 
it's like a it's kind of similar to like the great white shark and part-time rangers it's like um it's like a zero zero sugar and the only calories you get is just from the alcohol but yeah pals is pretty much oh pals pals oh, yeah 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 pals yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. sorry i don't know if i said that properly no, i got you um number two who's the biggest coach's pet who's the biggest coach's pet um i'd have to say christian giannotti <laughs> jigs <laughs> i'd love to yeah he won't like that. He'll probably he'll probably spray me when he sees me next. But nah, he. he it's just to, towards him and Pivac. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of an inside joke, but yeah, nah. Um, oh, we sort of touched on your day off, but like, what what's the one thing you have to do on your day off? Uh, um, I'm not probably. I always try to get. Oh, I always try to do like get pancakes, <laughs> just something like a treat. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Yeah. yeah. What's your least favourite fitness block? Oh, least favourite fitness block. Um probably just probably MAS because it's boring. What's MAS? So you just like like mass aerobic running. So you just run to a run to a cone, run back, run to a cone, run back, and you do that maybe like twelve or fifteen times. Oh. I'd rather that I'd rather not do that and then um Instead of sometimes we do conditioning games, which is way more funner, but yeah, 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 yeah. It they can get pretty tedious, those running blocks, there. Oh, yeah, so repetitive, that's probably why it's boring, but yeah. Mm. Now, this will probably be a tough one for you because I know how much you love your food, but uh, what's your favorite cheat meal? Um, favorite cheat meal, probably <laughs> wicked wings, yeah, probably wicked wings. Wicked wings, that's a good one. Um, what's the most regretful baller purchase? So, what have you like gone out and splashed money on and been like, oh, bro, I should not have bought that? Um, thought <laughs> I've I've actually bought it and it's actually I've used it to quite like it's actually really handy. Um, one of those smart watches. I bought one of those garment ones. And oh yeah. Kind of use it just for golf as well, and um, it sort of just tells you as a GPS like how far you are from the pin, like to the back of the green, to the front of the green, and to the where to the exact point of you know where the green is, where the where the hole is, mm-hmm. and um, kind of lost it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, you know, all that money, you know, like I haven't really lost it. I just don't. I think it's one of the boys' houses, but I, I keep on you failing. Hate losing things, eh? Oh, I honestly have like <laughs> such like the worst short-term memory loss. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I do have short-term memory loss, but um, yeah, no. I just Alright. <laughs> uh what's your guilty most music pleasure? Guilty um uh, what's something that you listen to that you hate the boys to find out? Well they're gonna find out. But... Yeah, no. Um probably like Um You watch you've watched Anchorman, have you? Yeah. You seen um they sing Afternoon Delight? <laughs> You know, from the Star Star Lord, uh, Star Lord local band, yeah. That I they honestly, um, oh, I listen to a lot of that kind of like that kind of music, like them. Um, I kind of blame my mother as well, but um, that's pretty much. I listen to a lot of that when I'm around the boys. I play like you yeah, just your classic mainstream stuff, but if I got like a moment to myself, I might just chuck that on the headphones and then sort of just drift away. But yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. All right. Um, what's your best pickup line or go-to move? Um, what's my best? What's my go-to move? Um, yeah, do you have a move? Yeah, I, I pro- um, probably just like that. 
You've seen um, <laughs> that's another movie reference. Have you seen Hitch? Yeah, you've seen that. Hitch. Yeah, you've seen Hitch. There's a scene where he's teaching that um Alfred guy. I think I don't know who it is, but um, I forgot the name. And Will Smith's teaching him how to dance, and he's just yeah. gone with the classic, you know, elbows ninety degrees, yeah. and it's just like side to side with a yeah, with the, the finger, with a finger, with a two step with a finger clip, <laughs> and that's that's pretty much me. If I get if I try to get too busy, I I, I think I lose, you know. Oh, uh, true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that. Um, who's the biggest crab you've played with and against? Biggest crab I played with and against. Probably say biggest grub I played with is probably Hoskins. Yeah, without yeah. Um, played a couple of club matches together and I've yeah. He's like, he's showing me a couple of videos because, hey, see this, watch this, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, he's probably the biggest grub that I played with. And played against, um, um, that's quite hard. There's a lot. Um, cause like, cause, cause I'm like, Fijian, and, um, and like, and then, like, you play, like, if you play against Fiji, especially sevens and stuff like that, that's like, um, kind of like a real grudge match. And, um, Obviously, like being Fijian and whatnot, they kind of like take it as like a insult that you've gone and chose to play for another country. Obviously, me being like a place like Fijian who can't speak my native tongue, like they obviously say they might like say a few things that I can't understand. So like, oh, it sort of just like rubs off each other the, the f- bit of friction. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. probably playing against them as well, pretty it can get, it does get quite grubby against each other. All right, okay. My last my last question, bro. You just got to finish the sentence for me, okay? Yep. Okay, Saturdays are for the... Boys. <laughs> are you sure? Because like, I've, I've heard a few stories about you on some nights out where you've... Um, you've sort of yeah, no, yeah, I know. I've disappeared because I've conked <laughs> out. You know, me being you know me being such a heavyweight. Um, sort of just sort of conked out. Um, yeah. Heavy, uh, yeah. You've, you've, you already know that. A bit of a heavyweight kind of thing, you know. But uh, yeah, nah. Um, just to say that quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, G. Um, well, thank you very much for your time, man. I always enjoy catching up with you. And, yeah, obviously, stay safe for the rest of the isolation. And hopefully, it's not too long before we get to have another catch-up and you can shout us all the feet at Mama Brown's, eh? Yeah, maybe not. Um, no, nah, unreal. But, like, no, nah, thanks for having me, JK. It was, it was, it was pretty, this is awesome, mate. Um, yeah, stay safe, bro. And, yeah, try to catch up. Sweet, brother. All right. Sweet. Catch you up. Sweet as. Too easy. Later.